Hello, world singers. My name is Brooke. And I'm Tyler. And this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations. Conversations. Welcome back, listeners. We're here today with a listener requested episode. You made a request, we listened, and here it is. This will be filled with lots of fun speculation, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. We were requested to go over cool, scary, or weird power combos possible in the Cosmere if one were to get magic from multiple shards. So... Intershardic magic combos is today's episode. Lots of speculation, tiny bit of research, and we are just going to throw a bunch of different ideas at you from all over the interwebs plus our brains. <laughs> we kind of started talking about this in our Aethers episode, trying to figure out like the potential for the Aethers to potentially interact with other magic systems in the future of the Cosmere. Brandon has said that Aethers in particular are like all over the Cosmere and are not native to any particular planet, at least so far which is different from many of the other investiture systems and that is why we are taking some artistic liberties with this episode we are not going to pretend that all of these things either a have happened or b that we think they will happen yeah or will combine this is full creativity mode Love it. So hope you strap in and are ready for your favorite powers to get meshed together with your other favorite powers. (laughs) Let's start by going to the man himself, Brandon Sanderson, and just talking a little bit about how we have seen powers combine so far in the Cosmere and or anything that Brandon has said about potential power combos. Yeah, this is a good reminder that Brandon is clearly playing with the mixing of powers, the evolution of powers, the more magical turning into a more sci-fi mm-hmm. or technological. And so he has done a bunch of the foundation lane for power combos mixing together. And, and I think we should also disclaimer, because when we started talking about this off mic, we sort of realized that we were going to need to do a whole separate episode on Fabrials in the Cosmere. So for this episode, we're going to really be focusing on like human-wielded powers, and then we will do a whole other episode on potential Fabrials. Because the Fabrials taken across the vastness. unlocks a whole other set of possibilities. And that may or may not be coming for our Cosmere friends. But for right now, we're going to kind of keep it restricted to the magic systems that we know, just jamming them all together. Let's start with Brandon. What does he have to say about the idea of resonance points or when two powers combine? Quote, the idea of resonance is that two powers combined meld kind of into one single power. 
This is a manifestation of the way shards combine, end quote. The idea of the way that shards combine, I think, is more important than the other statement here. Yeah, I just, I pulled this because of the, like, premise from our listener in the question of let's explore intershardic powers and just the fact that the resonance point within a single system let's say surge binding we Mm -hmm. know that the knights radiant have a resonance point between their two surges and this to me brandon saying that this is a manifestation of shards combining is an indication i mean we kind of knew this but this is just proof that they are using surges of both honor and cultivation to become surge binders. And don't we believe that the combination of power, so for taking Kaladin as an example, gravitation and adhesion, the two surges are both made up of honor and cultivation, like you said, but also that there is some unlockable power that is created by the combination of those two individual powers. Exactly. And if there was, if we could just swap in a power instead of adhesion for Cal, we give him something like transportation. There would be a different resonance yes. points between those two powers. That's going to make our job really complicated because basically whatever we do yeah. also <laughs> creates another resonance point between those powers. Right? Yeah. So we're going to not maybe go that deep, but we would then, yeah, to like extrapolate that out. That means that if we are combining, you know, powers of honor and powers of endowment, Mm -hmm. let's say there's also going to be a resonance point of those two things. So there will be like something special if a surge binder were to blessed by endowment, I guess, and like also have a breath. Be a Nalthinian surge binder. Yeah. A, like someone like Vivenna came to Rashar with her breath in tow right. and not was only, bonding this friend. Not only would she have those two powers, mm-hmm. surge binding and awakening, but she would also have some like unknown third power. The combination the of two, the resonance. Yeah. Even though in her surge binding powers, there would be a resonance point because that itself is a combination of honor and cultivation. Very trippy (laughs) and easy to forget because resonance Mm -hmm. points are really only just starting to be played with. And I think Rhythm of War, the emphasis on music and the thing that we learn about the listeners and how they created growth through musical tones and Mm, the rhythms mm -hmm. being beaten like i believe that that is an aspect that brandon is playing with as he's moving all of these pieces together and i do believe that resonance points are going to be more significant in the future maybe especially like fourth and fifth ideal Mm -hmm. night radiance it's something they have a better understanding of So there's plenty to play around with, and it would surprise no one that the Cosmere community has asked this question quite a bit. So we're going to pull in resources from the fans all around the interwebs and 
talk about some of those fun combination of things. There is a sort of power combo that we see in book. Yeah, so this is the first thing I want to talk about because it's a good reminder and a helpful bit of understanding what happens when powers combine. So Because it is a little complicated. And mm-hmm. of course, we are talking about compounding uh, on Scadriel. The secret to the Lord Ruler's reign and one of the more potent examples that we see of Miles' hundred lives mm-hmm. in Era 2. But compounding is the combination of two different once were separate power sources or magic systems on Scadrill, which is Allomancy and Furukami. Mm-hmm. When you have a combination of those two things, and let's just pretend like the Lord Rulers are example here, a full Mistborn and a full Farukamist, your overlapping metals that can be both metal mines and allomantically burned creates a loophole and a magic mushroom-esque boost. You remember like Super Mario when you get the magic mushroom? That's basically what is going on here when you are able to compound. It's You become gigantic Mario <laughs> in whatever metal you happen to be allomantically burning. That's a fun example, Brooke. Can you take us through the more serious bit of what is going on? Well, I think it's important to note that compounding gives the supercharged burst of the ferrochemical attribute rather than the typical allomantic ability. The allomantic ability is actually superseded by the ferrochemical ability when you are compounding. Yeah, so I think that's important to remember is that it always sort of tips to the side of ferrochemy. When you're compounding, it's not going to boost your allomantic ability. In book, we hear a couple of times from Sazed and Wax that the ferrochemical power is able to be accessed by tenfold, but we don't actually know if that's like hard science. Yeah, Marasi has just showed up being like, hey, maybe we should count things and yeah. use numbers. And they're like, she's eh, the, she's be the sigzel of yeah, Scadriel. Exactly. Like, excuse me, maybe we should get some data here. And we're guessing, but that concept of a tenfold increase is what serves as the basis of the power source for Miles' hundred lives. So he is a gold compounder, which means he can alimentically burn gold, mm-hmm. a not that useful secondary power, yeah, and he can ferrochemically use gold to store and retrieve health to heal himself yes and so when i feel like we just have to note that this has to be just exceedingly rare first of all just to be a compounder in the first place to have the accident of birth mm-hmm. to be an allomancer and ferrucomist period and Is then rare. to be an allomancer and ferrucomist of the same metal super rare and then, like, the fact that Miles just happens to be a gold compounder is one in millions. Exactly, because each of the unlikelihoods are stacking up against. And that also then begs the question of, you know, was Miles born or was he made? If you mm. are a gold compounder, you've basically rolled such a lucky yeah. throw of the dice that how do you like, not become an egomaniac? Yeah, how do yeah. you how do you not become a villain of sorts when you're just like, I 
seemingly have been blessed by been harmony by yeah. god yeah and then that begs the question of like how involved in miles creation was harmony because he needed Good a question. foil for wax <laughs> to train him to be this that is too far of speculation for yeah. today let's stay we have to tight. table that for another day <laughs> yeah because miles is able to store his health in a gold metal mind and then allomantically burn that metal mind and get a tenfold increase on the healing properties that someone like wayne a regular gold metal mind user so question is miles just constantly leeching off a little bit of his health and like we see says in era one you know making himself like under the weather sick mm-hmm. a little bit he's got like a runny nose and like a cough and stuff not feeling great because he's storing health in his metal mind is miles doing that all the time just on like a smaller level and then being able to tap it when he is hurt yes there has to be some point when he is storing health normally mm-hmm. Maybe. but then let's say, you know, his metal mind is full or whatever. He spends like a week feeling ill. Mm-hmm. Then he burns his metal mind, okay. right? Yep. He swallows it and starts burning it. Yep. But that health that he stored is lasting much, much longer than it would typically if exactly. he was just tapping it as a metal mind Yes. because of the allomantic element here. What, the compounding element. Yeah. yeah. His compounding. Well, I'm just saying he's adding Alamancy to the furukami exactly instead of being a simple addition or subtraction formula we've added in multiplication and that is what a compounder is able to do and so that health that he stores should take him minimum 10 times further than it would take wayne or a regular gold furukamist so wax should have just waited until miles was like doing his sick week <laughs> now, <laughs> like attacked him then <laughs> there is an interesting couple of theories that i've seen specifically more playing around with where we're gonna go which is pushing the envelope but even someone like miles would theoretically be able to be under the weather or we'll mm-hmm. just say sick he's sick for one hour But then because he got 10 hours worth of health Mm -hmm. from storing that one hour, he could actually drain one hour of health while he is being sick and effectively have no result. Like he could be storing, you know, because it's a compounding. So he's storing so much more health that effectively he never actually is weak. He's never in a position of actual weakness. And that's a theory. We've never seen Miles like be by himself storing up his metal mine. We know that Wayne has to do that. We know that Zayz has to do that. But there is some speculation that someone like Miles would never have to actually be in that position of ultimate weakness. And the only way that he would be at risk is if he didn't have a metal mind already sitting by him. But we know he has ones like embedded in his skin that he can use when he's about to die. So he's got, he's thought this problem out. Like, (laughs) I don't think he's ever at risk by the time we meet him as Miles hundred lives. But early on, that's what I would figure. You know, he was discovering these powers, but I mean, how many hours upon hours do teenagers have? He could just have (laughs) sat around 
instead of playing video games, yeah, you're filling just like his metal playing mind. with your powers. Exactly. Yeah. Playing with your powers. How would you not do that as a young person oh, discovering you like would. everything that you're capable of? Yeah. And it's just like, yes, I can cut myself and heal this quickly and I need to be under the weather for one minute or five minutes to equal that amount. Like, that's all I would be doing. And then I would become Miles Hundred Lab. This is all I'm trying to say here. Don't give me power, people. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing. <laughs> now, Brandon has said that compounding is only possible if the metal mind is not locked by someone's spiritual identity. And that means that it was either created by them. Mm-hmm. So they are the key or it was unkeyed somehow. Mm. And yeah, so Miles couldn't like take Wayne's Wayne's Mm -hmm. metal mind and be able to burn it and compound it. And vice versa. Wayne could not do the same for Miles. Yeah. But the baseline of that question about spiritual identity and unkeen, I believe, takes us into the Fabrial territory, especially on Scadrial. Definitely. But then when the speculation comes in. It's heavily implied that basically if you can unkey something from its spiritual identity, right. lots of doors All open up. All bets are off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you don't have to be a radiant to have radiant and so on and so forth. And this is when we were like, we should do a whole separate podcast on that. <laughs> so our fabrials and the spiritual identity, we're going to kind of leave to the side for this conversation and instead focus on the magic Human wielded powers. And there is a human that we see who has many different powers from many different systems. Seems and that, like of his course, in- is Hoyd. An intention of getting as many powers as he possibly can. And so if there's going to be an example in the Cosmere of someone with multiple power systems from multiple areas, it's Hoyd. Which is interesting because I feel like in what we've seen of Hoyd so far, we really haven't seen anything that would indicate a particular resonance point between systems. We've seen instances where it seems like he's burning metals or using life sense from awakening and things like that. But there has never yet been a moment where I'm like, huh, I don't really know what he's doing here. And in a way that could indicate multiple power systems at play. So I think that's kind of interesting. Maybe we just don't know enough and have missed it or Brandon hasn't written it in yet because Hoyt is usually trying to be kind of stealthy. I lean more towards the stealthy side or just the concept of Hoyt doesn't appear to be outpacing those around him by right. all that much yeah like he obviously has been to all these different planets and could be passing around technology and information and knowledge in a more deliberate way and like you know becoming a king on one planet by use of another power source that people are unfamiliar yeah. with but he's not doing that in fact he's kind of restraining himself in key ways you know putting him in subservient positions often. yeah and well so- and there could be a thing of We see in the letters that he is often trying to fly under the radar of the shard of whatever planet he is on. Yeah. And it could be that if he uses too much of another system's power, he becomes more noticeable to the shard on the planet that he's on. So maybe he's purposefully not really using too many of his extraterrestrial powers or the resonant point powers. So we know that at minimum, Hoyd has 
the Yolish magic with some similarity yeah, and crossover to light weaving. Light weaving OG. But he is also, of course, a full radiant now after the events of Oathbringer. He has breaths, of course. And the way that he was using breaths at the end of Rhythm of War is a storage for memory. Very interesting. But we also know that he picked up a bead of Laracium, making him a full-powered, full-misborn. Do we know for sure that he has ingested that bead of Laracium? There's been a couple of moments when it seems like he is using emotional allomancy or he has a, I think, a scene where he drinks a... From a flask or from mm-hmm. a weird... So it's like, was that metal-infused flask? But nothing confirmed in the way yeah. of like, he's a radiant. That's hard proof and the breast is hard proof. I think there's a lot of evidence to indicate that he may have some allomantic powers, but I am not convinced for sure that it's because he ate that bead of lorazium. I'm just thinking about the letter where he's like talking about a, a metal or like something that he's keeping safe. Interesting of note, Brandon said that Hoyd actually used a connection hack to try and induce the shout in himself from Elantris. Oh, from Elantris. And he failed. So he is not an Elantrian, but he wanted to mm. be uh, mm-hmm. be able to access the door. And that seems to be the one that is currently eluding yeah, him. Yeah, that's interesting. It seems like he would need to either soul stamp himself. Oh, good call, good call. Or do the Dakor monk, monk yep. bone bending creepy thing. But that seems unpleasant. Yep. It's a little more hemallergic and maybe that's something that Hoyd doesn't want to go down. You know, Yeah, kind of do we knowing... think Hoyd has any hemallergic spikes? Maybe that's how he has alimentic powers. I would definitely say if Hoyd was going to get a magic power from Scandrail in the hemallergic variety, giving him emotional allomancy makes the most sense. Like he can't go zipping through the air. And I don't think he would want a spike, though. He I don't think so either. Yeah, it's he so wouldn't want to give yeah. any shard like too much access to himself. That may have been what prevented him from getting access to the door because we know that Elantris is very connected not just to the place, but the people and their connection to the place. So maybe it was like too many moving pieces that Hoyd could not. Yeah, that does seem like that would be a hard one to hack. Yes. He also wanted very badly to become a Farukamist, and that is why he was hanging around Scadriel for so many months in era one and popping up here and there. Brandon specifically said it was because he wanted to become a Farukamist but failed. So I would say Interesting. He, okay. He didn't mention that he failed at becoming an Alamancer. Yeah. And so I think he successfully at least got that bead and did fail at becoming a Farukamist. So Hoyt is not a compounder because Farukami is the base of that ability. Yeah. Now let us dive deep into the interwebs where we can pull from different people who have these great combinations or potential combinations of magic crossovers. Do you want to start us off with user RDY8? Yes. Quote, radiant with allomantic pewter via a hemallergic spike. Oh my gods. They would never have pewter drag. They could stormlight heal it away. The endurance and the strength together with very little consequence. 
could be a pewter savant without risking their life. End quote. I love this one. And I think radiance mistings are going to be a very popular combination. Yeah. The simplicity of the heme allergic spike, as we just talked about with Hoyd, is probably a good bet. Like, I think a radiant could very easily, if they could get off Rashar, but we're, you know, yeah. we're not playing by those rules anymore. Yeah. So stay with us, folks. So a radiant very easily could get a heme allergic spike to be enhanced with pewter and then have all the pros and none of the cons. Would a radiant need pewter, though? They're already so strong. I think that's the key thing you know? that radiants are not, at least Kaladin and the Windrunners. It specifically says that they don't increase their strength. And that was like the question about what Rock did with the uh, shard mm. bow. Like, how is he able to pull it? Nobody can be able to pull it unless you have armor. Right. And that question of strength specifically is... I think so far absent any of the radiance. Okay. Maybe the stone wards and maybe the bondsmen. Like, I don't know. There could be something going on there. But yeah, just with the surges that they can manipulate, it might effectively give them strength. But pewter does enhance mm. your strength. Okay, that's a pretty good call. Resistance as well. And so with Stormlight backing you up, you would be able to heal yourself from the negatives and bump your strength to a point where you would basically be like a shard plate wearing radiant, but without the shard plate. You know, you just tank blows left and right. <laughs> people are swinging at you and you're just like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Pick people up, throw them. Tell us about another combination from user Faticus42. I thought this one was really interesting. They said Allomantic Electrum plus Illumination equals trickster use electrum to see your potential death use illumination to fake said death catch your opponent off guard thinking that you're dead <laughs> i love this one this is a great i love when they also like come up with a name for it yeah or you know uh, so order the trickster god loki's friends uh because that's an amazing Ability. You have Electrum showing you the future death. And I think that someone who was like Shallan in touch with their illumination skills mm -hmm. would be able to take from their Electrum sight, their Electrum vision of the future, mm -hmm. and immediately project that out with their illumination. Like yeah. I imagine that would be seamless. Yeah. That seems like that would work pretty well. Love that idea. Yeah. So good. And then they also gave an example of the surge of abrasion plus ferrucumal steel. They say, use abrasion to reduce the friction on your body and then use ferrucumal steel to move incredibly fast, no longer bound by the limitation of friction. There's a couple of people who understand physics and are thinking, Oh, that one wins uh, because <laughs> you can basically just take off and have zero friction. That initial burst of speed would also be all you need to continue to go. Because if there's no friction, then there's no reason you slow down. And yeah, so you, you would just be that one superhero. The Flash? Yes. The Flash. Yeah, you would absolutely <laughs> be like the Flash. And I think that's also seemingly practical. None of these are practical. Yeah. They're all... There's no practicality here. We've gone complete chaos. And 
I think now is the time when we should introduce some of the options that were thrown up on the 17th shard. Yes. A long-running blog post that includes many different combinations. We have dozens, literally dozens of possible combinations here, and we're just going to throw a bunch at you rapid fire. Okay, let's go off into the woods of the Cosmere a little bit and bring in some Sand Mastery because someone came up with a combo of Sand Mastery, Ferrochemical Bend Alloy, and Ferrochemical Iron. They say since Sand Mastery requires hydration, similar to how Awakening requires color, Ferrochemical Bend Alloy is the perfect complementing power. Ferrochemical Iron, since it's easier to lift oneself without weighing anything. Yes, for those of you not up to date on your fairing abilities, a bend alloy fairing can store either water or calories from the food that they eat in their metal mind. And so you would basically become a super sandmaster who is, once again, not limited in the traditional way. Yeah, you would never like reach the bottom of your ability which would be at the point where you're completely dehydrated because you would just be like, I got water for days. Exactly. And I love those fun combinations. There are a couple more where it is, you know, leaning hard to maximize one of the powers. Mm -hmm. And then there are others, like our next one, that is just a wonderful combination in general. And by that, I mean it takes the most horrifying magic of hemallergy and one of the most horrifying weapons in a shard blade and combines the two together to seek out something better. Because if you have hemallergy and a shard blade, both are kind of designed or created with the purpose of destroying or removing parts of the spirit web. And the shard blade can cut well, someone's yeah, soul. Yeah, the shard blade cuts through your spirit web, basically. Yes. And a hemallergic spike, you know, removes powers. Yeah. So... If you had something like a shard scalpel that was able to make fine cuts, precision, hmm. exactly where you wanted them, could you with... Could you like crisper out a piece of your spiritual DNA? That's a deep pull. And yes, that's the question, basically. <laughs> I don't think Can so. Can you become a crisper doctor on Rashard? <laughs> I don't think so. This is an interesting idea, but I... I don't think we know enough about what exactly a shard blade is doing. Okay. And my sense is that when it cuts through, just like if it cuts through a limb, the limb dies. Mm -hmm. I think like that piece of spiritual DNA is dead. Like I think if you were to try to do hemallergy with a shard blade, you would just end up destroying the thing that you wanted. Because the shard blade is a blunt instrument compared to the scalpel, which would be allow you to go into the spirit web, (laughs) make small little adjustments. But it would just die as soon as you touched it with your shard scalpel. It's just like gone completely. That's what I think. We don't know, but that's what I think. I think that there's at least a possible, uh, like how cool would this be? Because the shard blade is like slicing. It's meant to destroy like night blood basically whereas a hemallergic spike seems to have like a sponge-like quality where it's kind of absorbing the thing that you want and then leaking it out into the person that you spike 
So I feel like they're two different things. You couldn't just make a hemallergic spike out of a shard blade and like have it be better. Shard blade is just like kill dead. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> but what about this? There exist now in our regular world, you know, very, very fine needles that you can, you know, inject and then drop like single uh-huh. cells, uh-huh. you know, incredibly fine devices. And if you, for example, maybe like used a incredibly fine shard blade to drop in an incredibly fine hemallergic spike, you know, it's some type of mechanism of mm. using both of them. And then you're, you know, opening it up, opening up the spirit web, dropping in the hemallergic <laughs> spike, taking the pinprick out that you need, and then boom, you have yourself some magic. Maybe, but I don't think you need a shard blade for it. I think there's going to be some other mechanism for that. But, okay, here's a question. Will, this is kind of out of left field, but I'm thinking about it. Will the future of Scadriel include a power donation? You know how we can become organ donors? Okay. Will the Scadrians like sign up to be an allomantic power donor? Either, I don't know if this would work, but potentially after they're dead, you hemallergic spike them, like get their power, mm-hmm. give it to other people. Or you're just like on your deathbed. Yeah. And they're like, well. Large paycheck. Yeah. You're a, you're a power donor. We're going to spike you to death. Yes. Because I think we've already seen that with the Uncle Ladrain in Era 2 when he is trying to both, you know, create and harvest the abilities of different Mystians and Fairies. Suspect. Yeah. And the logical conclusion is that that could exist in the world without all the murder and chaos and could become more of a voluntary-like situation. That's my question. Yeah. I'm also just thinking about this because as we are talking about the potential for magic systems to interact, Brandon has said that hemallergy is very important in the future of the Cosmere. Mm -hmm. So I'm just always thinking about yeah how that is going to come into play and like is it gonna be better like is it gonna be less scary bloody yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think in the short term no and in the long term (laughs) maybe yeah i believe that hemallergy's key benefit like maybe one of the biggest advancements in the cosmere will be when they figure out how to hemallergically spike someone without killing them Maybe done by a trained surgeon with a shard blade that can adapt to anything that he wants, including a shard scalpel. (laughs) Kaladin for shard surgeon of the year. (laughs) This is something we're going to explore later. And if shard surgeon, yeah, if he becomes a shard surgeon, and I'm here for Kaladin being a shard surgeon, honestly. I want him to just retire from fighting. Like, he's had, you know, a hard enough time in the army. It's about time he just retired and started protecting people from disease and paper cuts and depression. Paper cuts and depression. (laughs) I think that... The real killers out there. 
after book five, he's going to take a well-deserved break and become yeah, a shard like, surgeon. Man, just go to the Rushy Isles. Well, that's a different some, type of break. Soak in some sun. He's definitely not going to soak in some sun. <laughs> he's a person who needs to work all the time, just like his father, Liren. He is going to become a shard surgeon, and he will just we serve for many years. He a small vacation. Yeah. Should, I mean, he should get a vacation. I'm talking about after that, when he needs to after find that. meaning in his life. Yes. He goes to become Clearly. shard surgeon. And, and the founder of mental health care on Rashar. Works for many, many years, becomes an old man. We return to him at the end of, you know, book 10. Oh, my gosh. Someone, that would be wonderful. And someone is like, sir. We've discovered a hemallergic spike on Rashar, and it brings him out of his retirement, and he comes <laughs> full force radiant back to create the shard scalpel. I am full in on this theory now. Tell us what you think on the Reddit or the Facebook, or become a patron on Patreon when you can suggest these ideas directly into my brain. <laughs> Okay, getting back on track. Let's go with some quick ones because I just took everyone off on a random tangent. Let's go with a couple of just upgrade packs. I yes, love these ones. I love these ones too. Okay, the sensory upgrade pack has Allomantic 10, Ferrochemical 10, and the Heightenings. Want to know everything that everyone is talking about? Yeah. Upgrade your senses. Let me upgrade. Exactly. This is just a waiting for a catchy jingle to be written about. And then they're selling these in the street. And it's just like, number one, full sensory upgrade pack. You don't want that one? How about the investiture sensory pack? Because if you combined life sense and alimentic bronze, you could know all of the different types of investiture all mm, around you. I see. It's like an investiture detection pack. Yes, exactly. Got it. Great for the detectives yeah. out there who, you know, out there role playing. You can become a human alarm. Exactly. For any investiture user. Always know. You would be very valuable in you a would society. Be very valuable. You could serve as a bodyguard or you yep. know, some type of chief of security and yeah. just be like, I always know when bad guys are around. Or good guys. Or good guys. You know, yeah. your whole team. Exactly. Just like, if anyone's using power, you know about it. There's also the Future Sight pack, which would be a Truth Watcher with Sack, who, of course, predicts or, like, shows you possible deaths. Alimantic Electrum, Alimantic Atium, and Alimantic Duralumen. Just for a boost to all of those yeah, powers. just in case. You need to be extra aware of your <laughs> eventual future and or deaths. You have three different planets, three different magic systems, and the interesting introduction of everyone's favorite bird friend, Sack. Because I think Aviar are one of the examples of this that already exists on the page. They seem to be the easiest thing to sort of move around the Cosmere. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And therefore, by the people who know that they also bestow magical gifts, mm -hmm. very valuable and highly desirable. We see in the far future, in the preview chapters of the Six of the Dusk future, era four of Mistborn, you know, the far, far future, mm -hmm. we see the arrival of shard bearers and Skadrians seemingly both wanting these AVR. Yeah, which I find interesting because it seems like having the AVR would not be as beneficial, would not be as big of a power up mm -hmm. as, for example, some of these other yeah. power combos. 
If you become a radiant, it's way better than having an ABR. Okay, but then I guess I'm curious what the resonance point would be between any other power and having an AVR. Is there one? It seems like they just have their sort of singular trait that they would add on top, you know, Mm -hmm. and be a cherry on top. It's hard for me to understand how that would interact with other powers in a way that would create a resonance. It does seem to be a little outside of the user themselves, because, of course, it is outside of the user. Here's a weird question. Okay, hit me with it. What if you went to First of the Sun, Mm -hmm. you went to, like, the special grove where the birds go, and they eat the fruit, and Mm -hmm. they get the parasite, and they get the powers? Yep. What if you eat the fruit, and then you get the parasite? Do you get the powers? I think that it can you is... just like infect yourself with this power carrying bacteria or whatever it is. I think that might be an example of why the birds are so valuable. But I'm gonna hold off on that far speculation and just answer directly because if I think you the get answer the is bird, no. Can you? <laughs> I'm like really going on crazy tangents this episode. You've become me in the normal sense. Here we <laughs> yeah, go. I'm going all the way. If you okay, so if you get the bird, let's just say we have the technology that we have currently here on Earth. Mm-hmm. You get the bird like feces, which yep. probably has some of the sure. parasite, bacteria, whatever in it. Can you then like build a culture of that bacteria, develop it? And then you have like an unlimited supply of magical bacteria. Yes. This is why I think you're the obsessed AVR... with bacteria. Yes, of course. This is why I think the AVR are valuable because the key aspect of AVR is that they have developed a symbiotic relationship with the bacteria. I don't know if the bacteria from the magical grove can exist inside of Right, that would be the question. Yeah. Is it bird-friendly only? If it's bird-friendly only, and it's because of their long-standing relationship, you know, all of the... This is what I hope happens. (laughs) I hope that Mraze does everything that I just said because he's Mm power-hungry. And then it turns out that that bacteria kills him. (laughs) He's doing the... Different types of experiments when he's injecting himself, exactly. and he's like, "This yeah. is good for me. I'm just gonna put the bacteria I'm going to get inside. power." And, and instead, then you're like, "Nope, just kidding. You're gonna die." Strong feelings for Marais. Understandable though. I believe AVR are a key bit for understanding what will come, and a little bit more of what we'll talk about in our Fabriel episode. But I think that the key thing about the AVR is that they are the entire ecosystem for the bacteria. Mm-hmm. The bacteria exist inside of the AVR. And so the AVR can go wherever it wants, all across the Cosmere. But the bacteria goes, I'm home. I'm exactly right. where I'm supposed to right, be. Right, right, right. So the bird itself is like the special box around the Sion that allows it to travel around the Cosmere and like not be attached to its home planet. Yes. Because as far as the bacteria knows, it's like, I am home. I'm inside of my bird. It's comfortable. And so that realization may have given the Hmm. cellish people a insight into how to use their seance. If you put the seance in a box in a bird and use an ability to, you know, trick it 
on where it thinks it is, then it will just operate as normal and allow them to do the walkie-talkie move. That's a lot of speculation, but we have some more power combinations. Okay. And this one could be one of my favorites. I like this one a lot. Tell me about it. A Stone Ward Awakener would combine the abilities that we see Vasher utilize. He has a lot of cloths. You know, mm-hmm. he's a man who likes to do his laundry, but he also- <laughs> Actually, I don't think he does laundry very much. He just shreds his clothes and then uses them for power. And he uses them specifically, that cloth and fabric to awaken and like extend his limbs or, or reinforce his limbs. So, you know, grip yes. things, you know, take my fall. I think, right, organic materials are easier to awaken. Yes. And so his and clothes are probably, you know, cotton or some kind of natural fiber. Yeah. Things that are, you know, closer to what you're trying to make. And the concept when you combine it with the tension abilities of a stone ward means that each of those cloths could go from being completely flexible to completely rigid through your radiant powers. Mm -hmm. And so you could really become just a tassel-wearing kind of Moon Knight character. Moon Knight is the uh, ancient Egyptian-powered. He looks like he's got a mummy. Wraps going up all around him. Basically, all of those wraps can become manipulated by the Stone Ward Awakener to do both awakening things, like you could throw it at your enemies, but then with your Stone Ward magic, mm. you could turn that into a spear instead of a pe- like it could become incredibly stiff and incredibly straight, and that piece of cloth just turns into a spear. You could throw dozens of them all at once, and then like they're sitting on the ground and they stiffen and you know grab onto your enemies. So you could just get incredibly complex with just tassels everywhere. And then the most impressive is you bring all those tassels back to your body, wrap them up all over you, and then you can change the stiffness at different times. So you'd have like an exoskeleton of sorts, do all that cool jumping and, you know, impressive fighting abilities. I'm not convinced that a Stoneward Awakener could make fabric like as strong as metal if it's just becoming more tense, but... It would be useful. I feel like it may not be that strong as yeah. like a, a full plate of armor yeah. type of thing, but you could probably get some like Batman-esque armor going on when it's like, it's not going to stop a straight blow, Master Wayne, but uh, a glancing blow? Sure. Oh, just ricochet <laughs> right off you. You know, you're just like- Yeah, it slices. would be helpful. Exactly. And I basically want to see just a, a tassel-wearing- mummy-like character <laughs> who is able to use all of those cloths all at once. Be very scary. What? <laughs> yeah. Mummies are scary. People are scared of mummies just slowly walking at them. I think it would look silly. It would look silly. That's the best part. It would definitely be silly. It would be the silliest, scariest thing in the Cosmere of just like, is that <laughs> leftover laundry just moving at me? Yeah, just No, a it's a stone war awakener and they are about to wreck your life. <laughs> This next one was interesting. A returned with either Frucumul Steel, Frucumul Pewter, or Frucumul Gold. Obviously, your divine breath allows you to have some shape-shifting abilities, which we see in Vasher and a little bit in Vivenna and the Royal Line with the Royal Locks. Mm. And so the idea here would be that you could make yourself super muscular and keep your muscle mass like normal by storing pewter as well as make yourself faster 
the original poster pointed out that Denth was inhumanly fast. And so he would be able to store in the metal mind without really having any drawbacks. Yeah, this type of manipulation, specifically when you are a returned mm-hmm. and you know, further blessed, opens up a lot of different questions because Wax, famously, has the ability to adjust his weight or his mass. You know, it doesn't actually yeah. line up with physics, but that's what he does. He can increase or decrease his weight. And if you were a return, you could also conceivably increase your weight at will, up or down. Yeah. If you had full control over your godlike form, you should be able to shapeshift into yeah. whatever you want. And so I think there might be a compounding-like loop that could be present there. That's definitely what it seems like when you start thinking about a returned also having like ferrochemical powers. The gold one is the one I found was really interesting because people of the fifth heightening or above have good health. They can't mm-hmm. get sick. And so potentially they could store their health in gold and have that compounding capability as well yeah their normal health right would be stored but their returned blessings would prevent them from getting sick in any way yeah and so, so then if anything infinite. happened yeah you like always have a store of health to use just like you were saying with miles how like there isn't a time that he really has to spend sick in order to store because it's a self-feeding loop Those types of self-feeding loops or or positive creation loops, I do think are important. And maybe, you know, instead of the whole hemallergy and stealing powers, I'm totally down for a future of the Cosmere when future version of Miles 100 Lives walks into a clinic and is like, Hey everyone, and they're just like cheering for I have him. Infinite help, exactly. Let and they're me like, help oh, Miles, you. we love that you're yeah. here. Thank you. And he's like, I will now sit down, do my thing. Yeah, my and gold it's like donating blood. And they will somehow unkey the metal mines uh-huh. from him, so he will just be sitting there, just filling metal mind after metal mind with his compounded health, and then that will go out to like little babies in need or something. Oh, this is such a great future for the Cosmere. And I imagine. Anyone who is capable of doing that would be, you know, highly respected and paid and just they would be like, yeah, you'd be a freaking hero. Yeah, exactly. They would be superheroes of their little worlds. And if it was valuable, like, do you remember how in the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, the lightning benders were able to like lightning into power stations and they like charged it up? And Mako would do that on the side to, like, make money. Oh, yeah. He would just, like, go and drain himself for eight hours or something as he was just, like, dumping lightning into a power generator. That's basically what I think could happen in the future. People would just, like, dump their ability into unkeyed Uh metal mines and spread that joy around the cosmos. Yeah, I mean, especially if, like you say, they are in a compounding sort of situation where you have an unlimited well of that ability anyway. Clearly, there are an infinite number of possibilities that we didn't talk about and a lot more speculation that could exist. Yeah. I mean, when I started thinking about this episode, really, I just came up with 
a lot of questions in terms of like how these things are going to start to interact as we continue forward in the Cosmere. Going back to our Aethers episode, like what would happen if a metallurgist also bonded a metal Aether? Yeah, do you think that the metal Aether would allow them to kind of act as a compounder with their... Potentially. Or, you know, if you have a push or pull, either iron or steel, are you then able to manipulate your metal aether in like different weird crazy ways you would never have to worry about carrying coins or bullets with you because you would just always have your like metal aether in your hand or whatever they would be incredibly powerful compared to a normal iron or steel pusher yeah exactly just think obviously those two being like metal based make me want them to be together and find some crazy resonance there and then I also wondered what would happen if an Alamancer bonded a Spren on Rashar. We do know that there are some Skadrians who are hanging out on Rashar. I don't think that any of them are Mistings, but I would suspect that any Alamancer who was able to bond a Spren, like that, that should still work. I think that that one is very easy yeah, to imagine. That one seems easy to stack. Yes, because. All you would have to do is take metal from Scadriel, you and your spirit web travel to Rishar, mm-hmm. and then bond a spren. I guess that's the difficult part. <laughs> um, and I don't see a reason or I don't know of any word of Brandon that would specifically say like an Alamancer on Rishar burning metal from Scadriel would not work. Wouldn't work. Yeah, it seems like it would still work. I mean, aluminum on Rishar basically does the same thing. So theoretically, the metals have the same properties. So if you were, let's say, a windrunner and a steel pusher, you could like make yourself fly and then also direct yourself by pushing off of steel and have much more control or like much easier control than all the other windrunners. Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't have to constantly be doing the gravity flip thing and just like yeah. falling towards your destination. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know if all Nalthinians or like a large number of Nalthinians will one day travel, immigrate to Rishar to seek out that free investiture or yeah. that easily readily available investiture. Totally. Like why would you stay on a planet where it is such a hard to get commodity, you have to take it from other people and okay, make yeah, convince their lives give... worse, yeah. basically. When you could just go somewhere where you could be fully powered for free. The question is, of course, do we think that Stormlight can power Awakening? Yes, Vasher does it. Does he or yes. does he have so many breaths and he's deciding to use some of those? Because how is Vasher? We know Vasher is rejuvenating his divine breath, divine breath yeah. with Stormlight. That's yeah. why he's on Rashar. Yeah, but he performs Awakening. He does. He does perform Awakening. But I'm saying, does he have a reserve of breaths that he uses for Awakening? Because remember, you can awaken something and then reclaim the breaths from it. Mm-hmm. But he needs Stormlight to get the new breath. So like he has an unlimited recyclable amount of breaths that he could use for awakening and he needs stormlight to rejuvenate his divine breath 
So I feel like they're two mm, different avenues of power. I don't. I think that the okay. Stormlight is just... His main source now. Yeah, is being breath. That opens up a lot of possibilities because if that's true... If- I guess the question is how does he ingest it? Is he breathing it in like a surge binder would? Or is that a surge binder only power? And then how is he like getting the investiture into his body system? I would think that a returned who has lived for hundreds of years would have a pretty close familiarity with how he gets the actual like invested breath clearly it can be very simple does he on just his planet. say the little poem thing like to the rain as, as the storm comes he's like your life become mine your breath become mine i think there could be something there <laughs> that just stands in the rain saying poems and becomes magically rejuvenated. Yes, that's exactly what happens. That's kind of beautiful. If that does apply to other Nalthinians, that would be a very, that would be even stronger motivator. Because right now I would say like my group of return would be the most likely mm-hmm. to go to Rashar and follow Vash's sure. footsteps. Yeah, just and be, be like, like we don't have to die or kill anyone else. Exactly. And the Nalthinians who are not returned still could... If they can somehow access Stormlight as just a reserve of power and use it as awakening, that's very powerful. Yeah, exactly. It seems like they would all come to Rashar. Just a mass yeah, movement like to Rashar. Like you would Rishar. really have an immigration problem. Which they already did on this planet many, many years ago. True. Started the desolations. <laughs> Let us know what your favorite combination of powers would be or what you think the resonance point of any of the powers that we suggested here would be. Definitely. You can find us on all of your different social medias. Thank you so much for listening and for your cool episode ideas. Until next time, life before death. Strength before weakness. Journey before destination. 